0: Lord, we thank you for your word, that you've given it to us to instruct us and to teach us. And we pray this morning that you will speak to us through these work verses and um, instruct us into what you want us to know. In Jesus' name. Um, so thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share with word with you this morning. And I understand that you're doing a sermon series on the six church values, which I've had a look at and they're really great. And this morning I'm going to be speaking. the love of God for themselves. We seek to sensitively share the good news by meeting people where they are on their journeys of faith and sharing with empathy the life and teachings of Jesus with those that we meet. I'm really glad you to hear the phrase sensitively sharing there because unfortunately in recent years missionaries have had a less than positive reputation in the and our culture. And certainly at times the gospel has been spread with an unhealthy dose of colonialism sometimes imposing cultural, social and economic values that are extra to, and in some cases even in opposition to the message of Jesus. We know that horrors have been done throughout church history in the name of spreading the faith. And yet, Jesus told his followers to go out and tell the good news of the kingdom of God. We cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. In the passage that we just heard, Jesus taught his disciples how to follow him by sending them out to do the things that he was doing. We can learn a lot from what he said to those first missionaries and from what they learned. So what does it mean to be missionary? What comes to mind when you think of a missionary? Perhaps it's a prim Victorian lady teaching children's Bible stories in far-off lands, or a stern man preaching hellfire and damnation. Maybe that's an image you've got. Or maybe it's something a bit more positive, someone building a clean water well in an African village, or a doctor providing humanitarian aid in a crisis. And I've got a photo here of some um, missionaries who serve with the Baptist Missionary Society, and they're all doing amazing work across the world, and I'm struck by how smiling they all are. They look like happy people, don't they? (laughs) But if you really want to know what a missionary looks like, take a look around you. Look at the person sat next to you. God's people are called to be missionary people, wherever they are. (laughs) Some of us may be called far away, but Jesus' followers eventually, they they went to the whole world eventually with the good news, but first he sent them to their neighbors. So let's have a look at his instructions to his followers. Firstly, he was clear and honest about the size of the task ahead of them, and how difficult it was going to be. He didn't try and sugarcoat it, did he? He called them lands among walls. And he said that although the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. And with dwindling resources in many churches across our land, we can often feel this anxiety acutely. There's so much need and so few able or willing to go. So how did Jesus respond to this? Did he say just get busier or just work harder? No, he instructed them to pray to seek God for more, for more workers, more resources. The harvest field is God's. He is the Lord of the harvest. We have the privilege of being partners with him and what he asks of us is to be willing, obedient, and prayerful. and that prayer bit is crucial. So the next thing we learn from Jesus is that he sent out his followers just as they were with no special learning no special equipment in fact they were not to take any special spare kit at all with them no backup no emergency funds no spare shoes even just themselves relying on god and relying on the kindness of strangers all that is needed is a willing heart Anna and her husband, who we heard of earlier, were just ordinary people who met Jesus and they were willing to go out and tell people about him. Although their story is imagined, it's just an example of how the message would have spread by those willing to do as Jesus said and just go as they were. I don't know about you, but this kind of total reliance on God is a real challenge to us as it? It's hard. And Speaking for myself, I'm often aware of how comfortable What my life is. I have a safe home. I have plenty of food and clean clothes. Lots of entertainment at my fingertips whenever I want. Day to day, it can be hard to recognise our total reliance on God. It's a real challenge when we live in a culture that tells us having more and more stuff is the way to find security in life. Jesus challenges our need to accumulate stuff in order to feel good about ourselves in order to feel safe. He wants us to be reliant on him. His call is to a simple life, using only the resources we need and being willing to share those resources with others around us. And that includes not being too proud to accept from others as well if they want to share with us. And if all of us live by this principle, taking only what you need and sharing what you have, then wouldn't the world be a much better place God wants us to enjoy the good gifts he has given us. I don't believe in a God who is a cosmic spoil sport, who just wants us to live on bread and water, and never enjoy a good movie, or have fun. But equally, our lives should reflect his kingdom values. We should be good stewards of all that he has given us. Thirdly, Jesus gave them instructions on how to approach their mission. They were to use the commonly used Hebrew greeting, peace or shalom to this house. So at the time a longer version of this might have gone, shalom be to this house, to all under this roof, to this family and to all who belong to it. Isn't that a wonderful greeting? Shalom is a wonderful Hebrew word that means more than just peace. It encompasses a sense of well-being and thriving that only God can bring. They were there to bring God's blessing, God's shalom with them. And some people would welcome them in and embrace that and accept that blessing. And sadly, others would reject it. Our job as missionary people is to pray that God would lead us to encounters with those people of peace. Offering God's blessing and telling them about his kingdom. It's as simple as that. It's not our job to convert people or make them believe. Jesus made it very clear that not everyone would welcome his message. And that's not on us if they don't want to know. He said that those who reject the messengers reject Jesus. And that's quite a heavy thing isn't it? His words were very strong in that passage. We are not responsible for people's response. Now, of course, we do have a responsibility for how we bring the message. If we're insensitive, if we are unloving or rude, we cannot blame people for rejecting what we say to them about Jesus. But I think Jesus' advice here is very practical as well. He knew that some of the towns that they were going to were not ready to hear their message. So he told them not to waste any more time with them and go where they were welcomed. Now, this practice of shaking the dust off one's feet, it was a recognised practice at the time. Strict Jews would do this when they returned from travel to Gentile lands, because they believed that even the dirt would defile their homes. But when Jesus told the disciples to do it, it was a way of moving on and saying that they had done all that they could. They were free to walk away with a clear conscience. Shaking the dust off their feet was in effect saying, all those who rejected God's truth would not be allowed to hinder the work of spreading the good news. It was Jesus' message that was important, and it was important that that kept travelling forward. Now, Jesus' words about the judgment on those towns seems very harsh. It's a very serious thing to reject Jesus' message. But it was with great sorrow that he said, Woe to you. It was a tragedy that people that had witnessed all the amazing things he was doing and heard the truth spoken by the Son of God himself still refused to believe. Each of those towns who rejected him would one day face the consequences of what they've done and it would be with great sorrow and regret. God's amazing kingdom invitation is to everyone but he gives us the free will to ignore his wonderful gift and all the amazing promises of salvation. And finally, I believe as missionary people, we will have stories to tell. The Bible is full of stories, isn't it? It's one thing I love about the Bible. It's just story after story. Telling and listening stories is fundamental to being human. And everyone who met Jesus had a story to tell about him. I'm pretty sure those 72 would have had lots of stories for those who welcomed them into their homes. Stories of Jesus doing miracles, stories of how he spoke to them, stories of the impact that he had on their lives. Just as Anna told the story of how her sister was healed, personal testimonies are so powerful. You can start debating theology with people and there are always counter arguments. And people these days can very easily dismiss our beliefs by saying that they've got their own truths. But our stories are powerful. And when we speak of our own experience of meeting Jesus, those who are ready to hear will see the truth in what we have to say. All of us that follow Jesus will have our own salvation story. For some it will be dramatic and sudden conversion. For others, it may give a no realisation over time. You may not even remember the moment when you, when you began to believe. Every story is different, and each one is powerful in its own way. For me personally, it was a bit of both. I'd learned about Jesus in Sunday school as a child, and I believed in God when I was little. But then I sort of ignored him and didn't. Well, by the time I was on my teens, I didn't really believe in God. But then I had this experience of meeting Jesus when I was on a dog, walk with the dog. had a real sense he was walking alongside me and he was ready to listen to my questions. So when I finally left home for university, I met some Christian students who had their stories to tell. And I really wanted to know God for myself. One night, alone in my student room, I cried out to him. And it was like a light shone into the room. I knew for sure then that he existed and that he promised. Never to leave me. Ever since that day, I've known his love for me. Even through some very dark times and the ups and downs of life, that has never left me. And I'm so thankful because I don't know where I would have been without him. My life had been going in the wrong direction, and frankly, I was a bit of a mess at that age. <laughs> and I really needed that that love from God. And I can say the writer of Psalm 40, the psalm we read at the beginning, that he lifted me from the slimy pit, out of the mud and wire, and he set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. Our God is a good, good God, isn't he? So if you know Jesus, you will have a story to tell about how you got to know him. Don't worry if it doesn't seem as exciting as someone else's. It's your story. And when people ask you why you do the things you do, or why you're a Christian, you can tell them. As missionaries in our own context, God asks us to be ready and willing to meet people. Meet them where they're at and share with them what we believe and why. But the context is always in loving, caring relationships. Don't be afraid to get to know people. Offer them God's shalom, his blessing, and listen to their stories. Our God is a mission of the God, and you'll be surprised at how much he's already doing in the lives of people that you meet. In my work as a mental health chaplain, I spend time hearing some really difficult stories which can be painful and dark at times. But I'm always amazed at how aware people even at the lowest points of their lives, perhaps especially at these times. By meeting people where they are and really hearing what they have to say, we come face to face with the Jesus who loves them beyond measure, and the Jesus who longs to bless them with his shalom. Maybe someone here has yet to experience that for themselves, And if that's true, do take the opportunity to speak to someone today and find out some more. So, in summary, God is welcoming us to be partners in his mission to share the good news of Jesus and bless those around us with his shalom. All you need is a willingness to pray, to rely on God, to tell your stories and trust him with the results. May you know God's shalom and peace today.